This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Continue to preview some more college football. Here's one I could be really quick with. Do you guys have anything at NC State Clemson? Because it's going to be probably the game of the day. It could decide who wins the ACC. My concern, I want to see this played. I wish it was played like indoors in a dome because I don't want to see a game that could, again, potentially like, yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. So did you guys do anything in this one? Here's what I lean. I lean the over first half 21 points. That's what I lean. Okay. I like it. PH, yeah. did you I, do anything? I think it's seven NC State is the play. I think anything under that, six, six and a half, I think Clemson is the play. I agree completely, man. Seven and a half, if that's available, I take NC State. Seven, I just leave alone. I think Clemson probably wins this game by a touchdown. I think I six agree. and a half should be the right number. But with the total, now it's back up to 45, and I really don't care because I planned on taking the over in this game regardless. Yeah, same. It opened at 46, so now it's about where it opened. It went down to 39. Last night when we yeah. talked about it, it was 40. And I, lo- I loved it at 39. I was like, I don't care what weather is. Yeah. it is, man. This this feels like 39 is, not, is, is just like too low. And I get why it's going down because you think, okay, two good defenses because that's the perception that Clemson's, Clemson's the defense. Clemson's not that good of a defense, that, Yeah, though. that we thought and because of the hurricane. But Clemson's secondary was all beat up. Now, if you look at the practice report, they do get three guys back, I believe, this week. Dabo is pretty rough on these practice or uh, these uh, depth chart reports, so we'll see if these guys actually play. But the crazy thing is, so NC State's prepared for this. They've been practicing. I saw this all week with a wet football. But I think like if they want to score some points, what we're going to need, Dave Doran, for some reason this year, they're running the ball 49% of the time, and it doesn't really make any sense because they have Devin Leary as their starting quarterback. They had a rebuilding rebuilt uh, running back room with Jordan Houston, Q's boy, uh, from the Maryland area. Mm-hmm. And he's been all right, but it's Devin Leary time, man. Let him cook. And Clemson right now, they are good at stopping the run, and you could get them with the it's pass, the only reason obviously. the Wake Forest lost is yeah. that they just stopped it, passing the ball. And that's the thing, yeah, because, I mean, they're 105th in passing success rate, Clemson, which is crazy, man, because NC State could obviously uh, take advantage of that, especially if they open up more play action for Devin Leary, which they never do for some reason. They just want to run the football. But he's 18th out of 141 qualifying quarterbacks using play action. That's his strength. But Dave Doran, defensive-minded head coach, won't let him open it up for some reason. But I think they're going to. And I think they're going to put up some points in this game by taking advantage of that secondary. Even Wake Forest. Like, if you watch that game in the first half, they, you're right about throwing the football. They were able to run the ball a little bit in the second half on Clemson. But that's because Clemson was given help in the secondary. They weren't stacking the box anymore. And Hartman was picking them apart because that's what he does with that read, yep. with that RPO and the two receivers on the mm-hmm. outside that they have. I love both of those guys. And then Clemson, everybody thinks they're this great defense, terrible offense. Offensively, they've been great this year. They're averaging 18 more points per game than they did last year, 100 more yards per game than they did last year. Shipley's tremendous. And then DJ, he's not very accurate, but he's completing 60% of his passes and has a 10 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. So over 39 was a play, over 45 is a play. I'm like staying away those. from the side. I like all those. Yeah. Wouldn't touch the side at all. I like the over 21 in the first half I as love well. That. 
Be so. interesting. I think that that's a good look. That first half over. I, I had like the uh, I had the under twenty eight or twenty seven and a half for the Clemson game last week, and I knew it was wrong because it was juiced to the over. Mm-hmm. And I was like plus one hundred under twenty seven and a half, and I was like said to myself, Wake Forest can score score now. Dude, I love them too. They're really good, but you know that was a really that was a bad bet. That was the worst bet of the weekend, and now. I've learned my lesson. I watched that entire game, start to finish. I know what this team is. I've just fallen in love with Wake Forest the last yeah, couple so of years, fun. too. I love Sam Hartman. And with Clemson, like, I mean, we're three, four weeks into the season, but I think their defense is a little overrated. Even the defensive line, they're really good against the run, but they're not really getting any pressure on the quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Let Devin Leary cook. I like the over in that game. Nice. I'd play it all the way up to 46 and be cool with that. Uh, are you guys doing anything in this next one? Kentucky Ole Miss? Yeah. It's going to be a great game. I'm actually a little surprised to see Ole Miss as seven-point favorite. Favorites, kind of telling me that might be the side. What are you guys doing in this one? Yeah, so first and foremost, I think when people see and hear from Ole Miss, they think just offense, offense, offense. But really, if you look at it, you know, Ole Miss has been really good uh, defensively mm-hmm. as well. You look at different categories on, like, team rankings and, and the, uh, like, just in terms of what they've done in terms of, uh, you know, opponent scoring, just in terms of opponent yards. They've been really good. Uh, same thing with Kentucky. Kentucky, I think, is, like, seventh in the country at opponent uh the opponent points per game. So both of them going under a ton as well. Ole Miss, three and one of the under. They only covered that number uh, against the cupcake, and that was only by the hook. They've been under by a lot as well. Kentucky's defense, three and one to the under as well, made the over in their last game by one and a half points. So every time that it goes over, it just barely goes over. Um, so yeah, I like Kentucky plus seven. I like the under in this game, 54 and a half. And you get some good news because Chris Rodriguez is back from that four game suspension, nice. which is huge because dude, they're averaging right now, 82 rushing yards per game as a team. Yeah. And I know the offensive line sucks. They lost a bunch of guys. They got some injuries, but Rodriguez himself averages four yards after initial he's contact. A bowling ball. He's one of the top backs in the nation. Yeah, he's, he's tough, man. This game for me, again, it just, it feels like the spread's too big. So it almost feels like maybe Ole Miss should be the play. Yeah. But I don't know. Kentucky's so good in these spots. They've won six of their last 13 games outright as an underdog. Four of those wins came as at least a six-point dog. So they usually thrive in these kind of situations. A stay away for me. This could be a live bet. You know, if Ole Miss goes up 7 nothing, I get yeah. like a 9.5, 10.5 with Kentucky, then yeah. I'm, I'm green light. So... That would probably be the way I would I would try and attack really it. Really quick, uh, just to clarify, UK defense actually 21st in opponent points per game and 17th in opponent yards per game, and uh, Ole Miss really good as well. Yeah, Ole Miss, very yeah. surprisingly, like, and it's not surprising if you watch this team the last couple of years because they were really solid defensively, but like you said, you think Lane and you think, okay, this team's going to score 62 points per game, their quarterback's going to throw 400 yards, and that really hasn't been the case. Even last year with Matt Corral, they were using his legs a little bit more. Yeah. And they really haven't unleashed anything this year as far as their passing game. They're running the ball a lot yeah. more. So I, I, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think I could lay – Ole Miss, number-wise, might seem like the right side. I'd have to play Kentucky, though, have with to. Rodriguez coming back. But they're going to have to be able to run the ball if they're going to want to keep this game close. I worry about the offensive line. Worry a little bit when you lose your offensive line coach to uh, Alabama, too. I think it says how good he is. But Ole Miss has been good defensively. I'm going to stay away yeah, from seventh, this one. Seventh in the country. So I thought that was their seventh in the country in terms of opponent points per game. And they like to run the ball. So, yeah, I like that side as well. Uh, I'm going to stay away from the game, though. And just I can't wait to watch that, though. Moving on, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Here's another one where I'm more of an under guy, but I played the over in this game. Um, and now this total is all over the place. Let me see where this one's going to close. 55, actually. I played the over at 51. Continues to go up. We don't really have to worry about weather here. 
I also kind of like Oklahoma State in this spot a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know that I could trust Spencer Sanders because last year, up and down, of course, he destroyed my team in the bowl game, we all remember, in the <laughs> second half. But he threw 12 picks. Seven of those came against Baylor. That's because Dave Aranda is so damn good. He's owned Lincoln Riley the last couple of years, which is why Lincoln Riley went to USC. But I just think we're going to get some points scored in this game. Blake Shapin, Baylor's quarterback, looked much better last week. And right now, Oklahoma State, they're playing a ton of that single high safety, and they're loading the box. So I think if you let Blake Shapin throw the ball 24, 30 times in this game, I think Baylor gets on the board at least three times. They're you top think Blake 20 in the Shapin's country. good? I don't know that he's, like, I don't think he's great. I think he's yeah, serviceable, though. He's serviceable. You know, I think in this game, here's the pro- I don't like the play calls, though, because Dave Rand they obviously— They just run the ball over and oh, over and over again. Yeah, they don't open up anything play action. They don't let him throw the football. But if you look at it, they're actually top 20 in the country on standard downs. It's just the play calling's been a little weak. It's almost like— Aranda wants us to believe that Shapin's trash. Like, because that's why I'm like, is he any good? Because remember in, in overtime against BYU, they had like third and eight and yeah. they just kept running the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is a tough game. This is the rematch of the Big 12 championship game last year, that instant classic that we got. Mike Gundy. Oh, yeah. It's a rematch of that. Mm. Mike Gundy in these spots since 2016 has been unbelievable. When Oklahoma State has games where the spread is within plus three and a half or minus three and a half, like this game where they're a plus two and a half, he's 13 and three in yeah. since 2016. So whatever it is about these games that are kind of toss-ups, coin flips, he gets his team ready to go, man. And they are usually really tough. This line, I was surprised, opened only at like Baylor minus two. I thought they'd kind of be like three and a half, four. So I think the books have a lot of respect for Oklahoma State. They're a good team. Baylor's good too. I don't know. Stay away. Again, this is probably one of those live bet kind of games. You figure this is going to be like a field goal, four point kind of game. Hopefully one team gets up early. You can bet the other side to come back. That's the way I would play it because minus two and a half. I don't like either side anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I like the live betting opportunity, especially if I could grab a live total. Because again, I do like the over because the perception is going to be Oklahoma State, Baylor, two really good defenses. But OK State changed things up a little bit. Like I said, single high safety looks. They're loading the boxes. I wish Baylor had better wide receivers. Yeah. That's the other problem for Shapin. Really, nobody on the outside. But I do like the over in this game. And I think that they should come out, throw the ball, set up the run later on, and take advantage of the defense. What are you guys doing? This is a big game for me. I didn't play it, but obviously you know my thoughts on that. Uh, wait, no, I actually did end up betting Utah in this game. Uh, Utah at home against Oregon State. I bet that right away. Um, and you know I need Utah every single week. I got them over eight and a half wins and to win the Pac-12 over USC. I took that. Still plus 200 odds because USC is getting so much love. Did you guys do anything in this game, or is this a stay away for you? Utah now 10.5-point favorites, total 54.5. It's just like this has to be a letdown spot for Oregon State. I know they lost last week to USC. They should have won that game, though. And how am I going to trust the quarterback that threw four picks against that USC defense, against Utah, much better defense, at home where that's one of the toughest places to play in the country? Well, that's exactly. Yeah, Utah is one of my favorite plays of the week, minus 10.5. I think it's a bad matchup for Oregon State. Utah's got one of the best O-lines in the Pac-12. Really good running back, Tavion Thomas. I think it's going to be tough sledding. And like you said, Oregon State, they, I mean, they got to be kicking themselves. They lost turnover battle 4 nothing to limit Caleb Williams the way they did in that game and not be able to win it. Just brutal. It's tough to play Utah off the heels of USC. I think there's a reason this yeah. spread's 10.5 because I think the normal person would look at this and think it's probably way too big. Yep. So give me no, Utah though. minus See, 10. And we saw this happen last year when Oregon played Utah at Utah. And I think, what were they, 14-point dogs? 
Yeah, remember because so, we it yeah. was it, well we grabbed. I remember grabbing Oregon and regretting it immediately. Yeah, and Utah <laughs> just stomped the yard. Utah is a very difficult place to play. It gets very loud in there. Oregon State's a fine team, but there's just I don't see a scenario where they where Utah ha- has a close game against Oregon State, especially after such an emotional game against USC last week. No play for me officially, but it would be Utah or nothing. Yeah, it's scary. Oregon State four and one against the spread in their last five, but Utah five and one against the spread in their last six. If you're into trends, and again, like for for Oregon State winning seven eight games this year and going to another bowl game, I think that that's a good season right there. Whereas Utah, I know they had the loss to Florida week one in the swamp, but they still have to be thinking about getting into the college football playoff, and they're going to have to go undefeated the remainder of the season if that's going to be uh, if they have any shot at that. And they still have to play USC. Luckily, they do get them at home in that matchup coming up here in a couple weeks. I can't wait for that game. Anything, here's two teams. I, all right, we'll hold off, actually. we got a couple more previews to go, uh, including Texas A&M and Mississippi State. Purdue taking on Minnesota in a big Big Ten matchup. You know, Minnesota's looking pretty good, but I don't, I don't know what to do with them because, I, like, last week I got all excited for them, and it's like, well, I think Michigan State just absolutely sucks, though. I do, too. And I, uh, I had— Is Purdue any good, though? No, no. No. They're not— I mean, they're not—you they're, know what? Good, yes. They're not, they're not a great team. 